Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Talk Recorded live. <laughs> You are now listening to Pastor Helen Young of Grace Worship Center and a life-changing fellowship, Oklahoma City, Oklahoma. Join in today as the pastor breaks down the word of God with today's message. How do you see yourself in God? Let us join in. You will be blessed and enlightened. Bible, up in the air, repeat after me. This is my Bible. This is my Bible. And I read it every day. And I read it every day. I boldly speak the word. I boldly speak the word. I live the word. I live the word. It's a part of my daily walk with the Lord. Football, 
swimming, crocheting, knitting. What would you tell someone about you would ask that question? Did you know that how a person sees him or herself in God will determine how they handle situations? That has to do with your confidence in you, yourself. What is your confidence level? If you're not confident in yourself, then what's going to come out of you is negative stuff. So what is the negative stuff? I can't do this, or I can't do that, or I'm afraid. Then if you ask what are you afraid of, then some of the response would be I'm, I'm embarrassed or the big main one, the fear of failure. So we're talking about how do you see yourself in God? So who is God? Why is this important? God is the maker of heaven and earth. He is the main creator, the only creator. He created the heavens and the earth for us. The earth is for us. Yes, it is. And believe it or not, it doesn't matter what the world says that there's not a heaven and hell. There is. God is who loves you and have brought redemption back to you that you would have a right to be with him in heaven. This is the God that we're serving. So is self-confidence a sure thing? Is it a needed thing? Yes, it is. How comfortable you feel in yourself will determine the results of what you're doing. If you're overconfident, there could be a possibility of a great failure. If you're underconfident, it could be disaster. But if you're at an even level, you'll find that you'll get better results. Now, I've heard teachers and individuals saying that it's not the straight-A person that will get a lot done. It is that average person that will achieve things. Now, I've heard that to be true, and I've known individuals like that. They were not the straight-A in high school or college and things like that, but they are most successful because they have a determination to do things. So how do you see yourself when it comes to God, our creator? First of all, I want you to know that God has made each day, as Psalms 118 says, this is the day that the Lord has made. But when he made that day, Lamentations 3, verse 22 and 23 says, it is of the Lord's mercies that we're not consumed. So that means that his mercies have allowed us to continue on. It says, because his compassions, they fail not. And verse number 23 says, they are new every morning, and great is thy faithfulness. So what we're saying is this. Every day God makes a new day. It is different than any other day that has ever been or will ever be. And in that day that he has made, he has given to you renewed mercies. And what those mercies are is that they are strength to you and the energy that you need to fulfill that day. He's given you the ability to call upon him that day. No matter what you have going on, he has given to you the ability through his mercy and grace 
that you can still call on him in order to do it. I want you to look at Ephesians chapter 4, verses 22, 23, and 24. That's Ephesians chapter 4. I want you to read it with me, all right? Ephesians 4. 22, 23, and 24. It says, Then you put off concerning the formal conversation, the old man, which is corrupt according to the deceitful lust. All right, so how are we seeing ourselves in God? All right, we know that God is holy. We know that, don't we? Scripture says, Without holiness, but no man can see God. All right, so you know he's a holy God, and he's not a perverse God. He does not do anything that's contrary to his written word, because his written word, it is God. God is that word. Amen. All right, so how you're seeing yourself in God means what your attitude is. The opening scripture says that we are new creatures. Old things have passed away. All right, if the old things have passed away, what are we thinking now about ourselves? Listen to this again. It says that if you put off the formal conversation, the old man. All right, so now that I'm a new creature in God, I'm a new person. All right, that does not mean that my hands have changed and my feet have changed. No, it means that the way that I walk in this life is different. All right? What you mean? What do you mean? What do you mean? What do you mean about the way that you walk? That means that the things I used to do, the old man, the conversations that I used to have, you know, it's corrupt and I'm putting it away because it's deceitful lust. Lust is not always talking about sexual sins. Lust is those things that you hoard to yourself, that you gain for yourself that gives only you satisfaction and not giving God the glory and the honor. He said we need to change our conversation. You know what that is? If you're used to use colorful metaphors all the time, we have to stop using those colorful words. You know, descriptive adjectives. You know, talking like a sailor. You have to put all of that off, those conversations, and change the way that we think. So how are we going to change the words that are coming out of our mouth? Verse 23 says, and be renewed in the spirit of what? Your mind. So in order to change the conversation that I had, I have to be renewed in my thinking. So how do you become renewed in your thinking? You have to flip the script. You have to flip the script you do. Turn the light on. How do you change it? You know, ask the Lord, Lord, help me to remove those colorful metaphors out of my life, those colorful words. You know the colorful words, and it's not the colors that we as Christians would want to use. You know, we want to use the bright flowers and colorful words, and those colorful words are black and gray and really a little different. Those are the words that I'm talking about. But I have to be renewed in my mind. I have to begin to think differently than what I used to be. And the only way that you can think differently and to change your mindset is to get inside of the word and put the words that are written on this page, the roadmap, the Bible, inside of you and to be able to hide the word on the inside of your heart. 
Look at verse 24. It says, and that ye put on the new man, which after God is created where? In righteousness and what? True holiness. I just said, without holiness, no man can see God. So how do we see ourselves in this holy God? We're going to take off the old conversation and put on new vocabulary, put on new words. Amen? All right. So how do we get rid of the old man? We have to get inside of the word. All right. So we want to be renewed in our conversation. All right? Amos 3 and 3 says, can two walk together except they be agreed? So if we are a new creature, we can't afford to be hanging around the same old friends that we were cooking and cooking with. You know what I'm saying? We have to be able to change it. Now, if the person that you are so connected to, I'm not talking about spouses, say your buddy, your BFF, if you're friend in the world before you accepted Christ, if they didn't accept Christ with you, if they're still scheming and deceiving people, you have to put them aside. And I know sometimes we have soul ties, which is a true thing, that we are soulishly connected to them. But if they're not bringing God glory and if they're bringing you down and keeping your conversation with a bad, colorful metaphor, you don't need them because you are now a new creature. So you're saying that how can I let them go? That will cope. You said there's so much history between us. I understand. But I would rather be found holy than at the time of my arriving before the throne of God. I would rather be found holy than to be found unholy. You just tell them, say, look, my lifestyle has changed. Come follow me as I follow Christ. And we follow Christ the same. And invite them to church. When they come over your plant, your house, or whatever, break the bread of the word. Put that table, you know, on the table, your Bible, and begin to talk about it. You know, you say, I don't mind us being friends, but I can't do what I used to do because it caused me death, and I don't want to be behind bars, not the real bars, but the bars of this life, and I'm not free to do what I enjoy doing, and that's to give God praise. And then if they don't want to, you say, how do you make hope? You know, I still love you. know, the thing of it is let them go and let them go in love. Amen? Because how can you walk together unless you be agreeing? Amen? First Corinthians 15.33 says, don't be deceived. Evil communication corrupts good manners. You're talking negative all the time. Guess what? Pretty soon you'll be talking negative. You should not want anything to hinder your growth in Christ. So how do you see yourself in God? Well, God, I still hang around the same bad people. So how do you see yourself as a negative person? Lord, when I ask you for a certain thing, it seems like nothing is happening. What company are you keeping? Lord, I've been praying for victory in this area, God, and it seems or appear to be that nothing is happening. How do you see yourself in God? What company are you keeping? How much time are you spending in that word? Ephesians talks about it in in verse 29 of Ephesians 4. It says, don't let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth. But that which is good to the use of edifying, that it may minister grace unto the hearers. 
Lord talking about communication? Why is he always talking about the words that are coming out of our mouth? Because it's what our ears are going to hear. And our ears hear when we speak. You know, we can either speak life to ourselves or death. We can speak death or life to an individual or circumstances. Parents ought to be careful about what they say to their children. They can either encourage, build up their child, or discourage them and put them down. And I hear mothers as well as dads always saying, well, you're just like your mom, you're just like your dad, just like your sister or whatever, but it's to a negative connotation. We should not have that at all. So how do you see yourself in God? Do you see yourself as, as strong? Is your confidence level? Is it higher? Is it lower? How do you see yourself? Remember, the bottom line is, I want to be holy, but it's a process. It is a process. Don't let anybody tell you that once you start going to church, that it's it's going to be okay. It don't work that way. It is a process. Even our Lord Jesus came down from heaven in the flesh. He didn't start preaching until he was a man. He was still subject to his parents. You know he was. You remember the story that says uh, in the Bible that says that Mary and Joseph, they were there into this area, and then they decide to pack up and go, and good golly gum drops. Their son, our Lord, was teaching and talking with the teachers and all of that. And the Bible says that when they realized that their son wasn't with them, and with the family camp, they went back to get him. And what they said is, you know, he was like, don't you know, I was doing my father's business. Paraphrasing it, I understand, but it ain't that time yet. The Bible says that he was subject to his parents. You understand? Because there's a time where we have to be taught. So I don't want anybody to be hoodwinked and say that I'm in Christ and everything is great. No, uh, it don't work that way. God delivers us little by little. He takes away a lot of those vices, which are nothing but negative things that we're continuing to do, and it's not bringing anybody any glory. It's not even bringing you good. All right? So, God delivers us little by little. So you say, for real? In the book of Deuteronomy 7 and 22, and just paraphrasing, it says that God delivers us little by little, that the enemy does not come in and destroy what we've already did. So you, the thing of it is, it's like this. You might have a lot of different vices, and I don't want to say one is better than the other or bigger than the other. No, sin is sin. You know, so you might be doing four or five things. We say five things that's not right. Once you get inside of that word and you begin to apply the word there, he might deliver you just from one right now. And you're so busy loving on the Lord and loving him and falling in love with him and reading and everything, and you don't even realize when it stops. I remember a time in my life where I used to curse like a sailor. But once I became a new creature in Christ and all things had passed away, the more I delved inside of the word, I was radical. The more I got inside the word and God began to do a circumcision, which is just cutting away in my life. One day I was listening and I no longer said those were colorful words anymore. Oh, man, I used to be something else. I was... 
just doing a lot. I was making ways, but I was still miserable. But once I came to God, he began to deliver me little by little by little so that I got stronger in that area and the enemy couldn't come back and do what destroy that ground. So he delivers us little by little so that we can build up strength and momentum in order to move on. Look at this. I've said before, there's power in how we speak. So how do you see yourself in God? Let me give you an example, all right? Proverbs 18.21 says, don't turn to it right now, but it says, death and life, familiar passage, are in the power of the tongue. And they that love it, love what? Death or life. You shall eat the fruit thereof. All right. So if you like death, you will eat the fruit of death. If you like life, you're going to eat the fruit of life, okay? Now, how do I see myself in God if I don't have any word on the inside of me? Everything is going to come out negative. So an example, ready? The example part of it would be this. They said, well, then, would you sing today at church? Oh, I can't sing. Why? I have a headache. I said, okay, let's pray for the headache. It's not going to go away. Why? I did not take that medicine. Okay. How do you see yourself in the Lord? They say, well, then you can't do this. She says, I can't. Why not? I don't have the training for it. Okay. I'll train you. I can't. Why? I don't have the time. Why not right now? Uh, I have an eight. So everything coming out is a negative. So how you see yourself you're a negative person. All right. There's a class that I teach here at, at Grace Worship Center, and it's a leadership class. And one of the tests that I gave on the exam, and everybody had a different character. And I, I knew in that class that they hadn't grasped everything that was on there. And I put them into a position of hiring. And everybody looked at the things to do, and that is all an investment. Anyone could have done it is how willing you were to invest. So there would be life coming out that you was going to impart it to somebody else. And you have to build up that person to the point so they can do it. They have to see beyond their what? their abilities, and to see if somebody is going to invest in me, then I can do what the job calls for. So how do you see yourself in God? Do you see like you'll never get to another place or maybe you're waiting for somebody to invest in you so you can move on into another other area? Well, look at it this way. If I see myself successful, even before I have the money, I am on the road to success. You have to see yourself as a productive person in this walk of God in order to do the things that God has commanded you to do. So if I ask you, now I says, will you sing a song for me? You look above and beyond how you might be feeling. You might have a headache. But are you willing to invest into singing that God would get the glory? And while you're singing, the headache would be gone away. I know of an individual that had a severe toothache, but there were a couple of ladies that they were praying 
Keep on reading. I like what you just read. Say it to me again. Say one more time to me. Say, speak to yourself. Girl, you can do it. You're more than an overcomer. You can do all things, girl. Through Christ, because he's strengthening you. So I'm speaking to myself. Then in the psalm. So if I'm going to speak the psalm to him, I will go back and say, John, the Lord is your shepherd. You shall never want. He will make you to lie down, girl, in green pastures, and he will lead you beside still waters. And he will restore your soul. He will lead you, girl, in the path of righteousness for your same sake. And Helen, even though you walk through the valley of the shadow of death, girl, you will not fear any evil. Why? So God is with you. Don't you know that his rod and his staff, they comfort you, girl? Did you know that God prepares a table right there before you, Helen, in the midst and the presence of your enemies? I'm speaking to myself, Psalm. And what about him? What about those hills that have brought me through? I just take one of those for, for that one that says this. Trust and obey, for there's no other way to be happy in Jesus than to trust. And obey. So think about those hymns. So I began to do it. And then it's a spiritual song. So what are spiritual songs? Only I can make that song. Even the angels don't know the song that God has given to me. And I began to speak in tongues. I began to sing in tongues. Why get the gift of speaking in tongues and never use it? Why get a million dollars if you never will spend it? Why live in poverty and have a million dollars and you never buy what you need? You never buy your food. You never have your lights turned on. You never have your car full of gas. So why have a million dollars if you never use it? How do you see yourself? I see myself as a wealthy woman in God. Just because my pockets don't have the dollar bill does not mean that tomorrow I won't have it. So how do you see yourself in God? Do you see yourself as a pauper? Then if you see yourself as a needy person, you'll always be needy. See, I see myself, and you should see yourself as a wealthy person. Why? Because of the word says the more you get inside, the better you become. So how do you see yourself? My God shall supply all my needs. Not yours for me, but me for me, according to his riches and glory. How do you see yourself? I see myself as a wealthy person that says he's never seen the righteous forsaken, nor begging bread. So how do you see yourself? Well, you have to see yourself studying the word, right? So we already know that Second Timothy 2.15 says to study, to show yourself approved. Is that not what it says? So if, if Paul was telling Timothy, boy, you need to study, God is saying the same thing because he has breathed of his word in order that it might what, have life, but we receive it. So when he says study to show yourself approved unto God, so that means how do I see myself? What? Because I'm studying God's word. Why? The end result is I want to be like him. I want to have conversation with him. How do you see yourself in God? I see myself as always praying. What about you? Do you see yourself praying all the time? Well, what does the scripture say? Pray without ceasing. I don't know what I said. Is you sure? 
Thessalonians 5, 17, to have a concordance. In the back of that Bible, pray. I see myself praying without ceasing. Listen, 1 Timothy 2 and 8 says, I will therefore that men pray everywhere. Oh, wow. How can we pray everywhere? Lifting up holy hands without wrath and doubting. So how can I pray everywhere? Now, I want you to know that prayer does not only mean getting on your knees and pray, because there are some places you just can't get on your knees and be praying. You know good and well that if you was on your job working for uh, the boss man, you know, and all of a sudden he comes in and you're on your knees praying and you were supposed to be in a call center answering those calls, you in queue in that system right now, calls are backed up because you're on that, your knees praying, they will say, look here, excuse me. Tap, tap on the shoulder. When you get through, I'll let you finish. When you say amen, just get your bag and just head on out the door. Okay? All right. Now, that's it. But praying everywhere does not mean that you just get on your knees. Come on. But it means that you can pray on the inside of you. Oh, I'll give you an example. You're working in a call center, right? Oh, and we know how those is, and the calls are coming in. You're supposed to be on this call for X number of minutes. You can't go over it. You'll cut some weight in intervals and all of that. The thing about it, you pray, God, keep me. Help me, Jesus, that I don't go off on this customer right now. Okay, that's one of those prayers that helps strengthen me in my time of need. But it might be God strengthen my customer that they can see that God is with them. You pray all the time. You don't work in a call center. You're just working at home taking care of those little kids. And they come and put the ruler through your screen door. Come on, they done stopped up the commode. Come on. They didn't weigh something on your ivories. Talking about the piano. They didn't weigh something on it. Oh. And come on. They have left the freezer door open and all the things are thrown out and your your chicken is already thrown out and your thing is already out. You, you thought it was closed and you realized that they had left it out overnight and you're going, Lord. And, you know, you, you want to beat them, but you can't. Nope, and you can't use that scripture that says, though you'll beat them, they shall not die. You can't use that man. So what do you do? You pray, God, help me. Keep me, God. Let me say to them, God loves them, and I love you too. Just sit in time out right now while you do this and that. Or you begin to pray over your kids. Amen. Have you ever decided to go up to the teacher at school and you said, Lord, thank you that when I have this talk with the teachers, and you just pray this a moment of prayer, that I will be well. Oh, so what happened? You say you just can't pray out everywhere? I give you a good one when you're going through that toll booth. <laughs> and you got on and you thought you was going and you accidentally got on it in error and you don't have the change. Oh, have you ever noticed that you get on a turnpike and you you were supposed to get off and go this way and you somehow you got on and the tow booth is there and you don't have but a penny? You don't even have that. And you said, oh, my God, what do you say? Mercy, God, let me get up to this person and tell them that it is an accident. They say it's not a problem. Just get off right over there and go back around there. You said, Lord, and God brought you that mercy right then and there. Amen. Or have you ever been at the toll booth and a miracle will happen for you? You realize that you have the money to pay, but 
Somebody was paying in for hearts, and they said the car in front of you have paid for you and three other people behind you. Have you ever run into that? But you were praying that God sustain you, God keep you. You say, no good thing will he withhold from me. That walk is uprightly. That's what his word says. So how do you see yourself? Blessed. I'm highly favored. I'm blessed in the city. I'm blessed in the field. I'm blessed when I come in, and I'm blessed when I'm going out. How do you see yourself? I see myself blessed. I want you to know that God changes us and takes great care of us, but your trust should always be in him. But how the Lord takes care of you is through the faith in his word. And when the enemy comes against you, what do you have to do? You must apply the word. For example, you remember when Jesus baptized him and he was led into the wilderness. And how long was he there? For 40 days, right? And he was fasting. We know how it is with fasting. Some of us cannot even make it from an 8 to 12 fast because our stomach be cramping and calling our name to say, But Jesus was on a 40-day fast. Amen. And then the Bible says this, that when he was in the wilderness, Satan tried to tempt him. So it is in this walk. How do you see yourself? God, I'm an overcomer. But Satan tempted our Lord Jesus. He didn't yield to it. Okay, look at this. In Luke chapter 4, verses 3 and 4, Satan tempted him with what? Calling the stone to be what? Bread. You know, he says, hey, you know, I know you're hungry. You've been on this fast. Now turn this what? Stone to bread. And what did Jesus do? In verse number four, you know what Jesus did? He says, man, shouldn't be living by bread alone. So what did he do? He applied the word to it. All right? So how do you see yourself in God? I see myself successful. I see you successful by applying the word to every area of your life. All right? So in Luke uh, 4, verse 5 through 8, what's Satan come back and say, hey, look, I want to take you and I want to show you all this stuff. only thing I ask you to do is what? Worship. The first thing he did was to feed his belly, yeah. all right? And the next thing he did was worship, to give him his allegiance, mm-hmm. all right? Jesus come back and say, you worship God only, right? He applied the word to everything. And look what else. In verse number 9 through 12, he tempted him. He said, how did he tempt him? He said, okay, now you're the son of God. Now all I want you to do is just throw yourself down. That's suicide. He said, kill yourself, you won't die. He said, Jesus commit suicide. That's tempting. Jesus, oh no, that ain't happening, boy. The tempter came to hunger to feel the natural thing and to give him his allegiance by worship. Then he says, Whatever. Then if all of that didn't work, I want you to commit suicide. Jesus said, oh, no, this ain't happening. Then after all, he couldn't tempt him in those three areas, what? The plot of life, life, having it more victoriously. Do a dare for Jesus. I'm going to do a dare. We're going to jump off the building. No, we don't tempt God. Can I go and prepare a table in the wilderness? He said that he would. But don't, don't try God. Don't tempt him. So when we have trials in life, we must apply the word. 
Now, how did Jesus know that that it was already spoken? The bread, man, don't live by bread alone. It was in the Word. Do you remember what I said earlier? He was subject to his parents at 12 years old. They only had the Pentateuch. They only had those. They didn't have New Testament. They didn't have none of that. They had the law that was given by Moses. And Moses made that statement. So the thing about it is, what do you know about worship? God is looking for true worshipers. But Jesus knew that worship is only for God. But man uses it for the enemy. Don't you know the counterfeiter, which is Satan, all he wants you to do is worship him? So how does Satan get us and the people to worship him? By faulties, by lies, by giving him the loyalty and the love that should be on to God. They worship him through music. Oh, don't say that they don't. Yes, they do. And that worship, that music will take you to a place and cause you to be flipping and flying high some chemicals that you ought not to do. Cause you to walk out your life that are holy and unclean through that worship. Or it ain't going to hurt. Just do it one time. And you hook for a life. Or just try drugs one time. And you, you can't get off of Your mind's fried. You go up, you start having withdrawal symptoms. Ah, and you perish. That's worship to the wrong degree. You must say and do what God says of you. In Corinthians chapter 15, verses 57 and 58 and 57, it says, God always gives us the victory. In verse 57, 58 says, but be steadfast, unmovable, always, that means constantly, abounding in where? In the word of the Lord. And your labor is not in vain for God. So how do you see yourself prosperous, a prayer, a studier? Why? For the equipping of the saints. Yeah, so that we can teach transgressors their way. David says that. For the perfection of the saints in the New Testament, that we'll be able to do what? To help others. But as long as we're in the Word, we're able to give them an answer for why we believe. It's in Peter. It says, you ought to be able to give a reasonable answer to everyone that asks you why you're walking this way since you're a new creature. You're a new creature in Christ. Why are you talking this way? Why are you breaking off my friendship with you? Why are you saying, because I want to live holy. I want to live holy. I want to live righteous before God. Did you know the Bible says that that? There should not be a spot or a wrinkle or a blemish in our lives. You know that? Well, how can that happen if we're walking on this earth? How can we be blot, you know, uh, uh, spotless, no blemishes? Only where the Word of God is active in your life. That Word has to be activated in your life. You have to be plugged in. You could be in a house with no lights on, and, and you got a lamp right there, and you're still sitting in the dark, plug it in. Flip that switch, and you'll have light to see. If you're not plugged into God, don't expect to get light. Light is going to illumine that situation, but if you're not plugged into God, don't expect to get light or clarity on it. Amen. In First John 
Don't mean just read that in First John. I just love reading that. First John, chapter five, and that is verses four and five. Verse four says, "For whatsoever is born of God, what's the next word? Overcometh what the world, and this is the what victory that overcomes the world." But listen to those last, those three words. Even what? Our faith. So how do you see yourself in God? Well, you're an overcomer of this world, and the victory is that you overcome the world, but it's because of your faith. If you have the faith because you believe in God, you can move mountains. Amen? But look at verse number five. It says, who is he that overcometh the world? But he that what? Believeth that Jesus is what? The Son of God. Do you believe that Jesus is the Son of God? Yes. I made him my personal Lord and Savior. You know, how, how do you see yourself in God? I am a believer of God. You are a believer in God. How do you see yourself? I am an overcomer. I have the victory because of Jesus. You can't get around it. You can't go through God any other way except through Jesus. He's the only way that you can get to God the Father. You just can't come in through the window. You can't come in through the back door. You must come through that door, that door. Is the entrance to God and that door is Jesus. Amen? So, what am I saying? How do you see yourself in God? Do you see yourself as the Son of God? Yes, you do. Galatians 4 and 6, it says, And because you are sons, God has sent but for the Spirit of His Son. Into where? Your heart crying and what? Abba, Father. So God made the sons of God, but he sent the spirit of his son into our hearts crying, Abba, Father. So you know what that is telling me right there is this. He's connected. God, the son, Jesus, sent in our hearts. And we're the sons of God. There's a connection from us, Jesus, and the Father. So what does that tell me? If I am the product of my parents, then I do what my parents do. If my parents are successful businessmen, guess what? That gene is in me. And therefore, I am successful. Do you see yourself? So, if your parents were musicians and you're a product of your parents, somewhere down the line, you're going to do something with your instruments. You may not be able to play all the instruments, but you can sing. And there are those that can make a knock with their knuckles. And keep it in rhythm. Because that's of our genes. If your father is a Levite, you're going to have a little bit of Levite. Amen. So if you have a politician, your children are going to walk in that politician field. Yes, they will. You might not see it in that next generation, but somewhere down the line, they're going to be in the political arena. 
They don't want to be one of those people that are working in the government. They will. They're going to be an advocate for this. They're going to be used for that. So what he says, your son, and God sent forth his son in the spirit, oh, come on, into your heart. The Holy Spirit is working for it. And we can cry, Abba, Father. So, you know, when I think about crying, Abba, Father, I think about Jesus. Daddy, you said, man, don't live by bread alone. So if Jesus said that, when the enemy comes in, I'm going to apply that word and see if it's just right. If my daddy did it, if my elder brother did it, I'm going to try him. It says, prove me now, says the Lord. So then what I'm going to do? When the enemy comes and he's saying that you're broke, you're disgusted, and you're stressed. And I says, ah, get thee behind me, Satan. My God supplies all my needs according to his riches and glory. Then when the enemy says, well, you don't have it, then I says, He's never seen the righteous forsake. And I'm off this. And I'm not begging bread. But he said, you'll never have. See, with God, I can do all things because he's strengthening me. So I began to do what my daddy said that his son did, and his son delivered me. So I'm going to do what Jesus said, my older brother. I'm going to apply that word there. Amen? Children do whatever their parents do. Let me tell you something. If you are always praying, and if your children see you praying, and they're going to pray, let me tell you something. You could be saying, oh, man, I just don't feel good. Your kids are coming. Lay their hands on your head, and they begin to pray. Now, they might not be at a point where you can understand fully what those words are coming out of their little mouths, but they'll be saying, blah, 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 blah. Amen. And you and you were saying, wow, they do. Because they see you praying, they're going to let you, they're going to pray. If they see you cursing, those colorful metaphors now, they're being said those little four-letter words so quick, and if you are not catching yourself, you'll laugh and say, oh, that was cute. No, that wasn't. They're either hearing from somebody that you were in a close circle with or that they care, whatever. And it's at that point they are emulating whatever was Screaming the strongest at their match. But kids will do exactly what you do. It amazes me how um, I see their parents of the Ministry of Music, and you see their children playing this and their children singing. Oh, it doesn't have to be the Ministry of Music. It could be you. You're singing around the house all the time, and your child will sing. You see your mother singing or your grandmother singing, and you begin to sing too. And those songs get embedded on the inside of you so that when trouble comes, guess what happened? You begin to sing that song. That song is, no way tired. I've come too far. Oh, I can't believe you brought me this far. So whatever the children are doing is a reflection of you. I want you to stop and take inventory. Just look at your kids from a distance. Don't let them know that you're watching them. You just, from a distance, see how your children react in different situations. And you can see how plugged in they are to what's coming out of their mouths. Amen? Now, don't expect to be super children overnight. 
walk with the Lord, you're going to make mistakes. Is that not right? Why is that we want to have the three Hebrew boys of the Daniel experience and we just got in God? Amen? You've been in God for a year, but you ain't plugged in. But you want the three Hebrew boys experience when you go through test trials and circumstances. How do you see yourself? Are you constantly plugged in? So if you want to have the Hebrew boys experience or you want to have a Peter experience or maybe you just want the Philip experience where God can call you from walking on the road to a Bible study, preaching to the eunuch, getting baptized, you know, caught up and back on that road going to the Bible study and you never miss the beat. Or maybe you say, that's a little too deep for you. You say, I don't know about that uh, there's in the air visitation and stuff, you know, you're not ready for the walk through the walls things. But maybe you just want the experience that Peter and John had say, you know, I don't have the money right now. You know, this ain't payday, but every day is payday if you get it. So, but what do I do have is that ability to make yourself sufficient that you can get out and work so you don't have to beg. So just look on me, grab my hand, and stand up and walk. And that way he became, what, self-sufficient that day. Instead of a beggar, he became, what, self-employed. So maybe you want that experience. You plugged into God. So in order to get that experience, you have to study, pray, speak to yourselves, and um, spiritually. Hymn, spiritual songs and hymns. So if you want all of that, you have to be plugged in. You've got to be doing all that God tells you to do. So how do you apply the word to you getting ready to buy a new house? Everybody likes that, right? You find in that word where it comes to managing the money, how it does and what is needed to get the houses and all that. God, would you lead me to the house that you would have me to move into? God says, okay. Look at my child. They're faithful. I will give them a dream. I give them a vision. I'll speak to them. I give a word of knowledge to them. Do you take that? Do you cast it away? I say, that was then. I'm getting my sleep on. Or you get up and you write it down. How do you see yourself in God? You see yourself as an overcomer? You see yourself as a doer of God's word? You see yourself just hearing me? I come to church every Sunday. Do you see yourself that way? Oh, I hear it. I read it. This is my Bible. I read it every day. I live the Word. I only speak the Word. Are you saying that way because this is how you see yourself as a study of God's Word? First John 4 and 4, familiar scripture says, Great of what? It's God that's in you, Jesus in you, the Jesus in me. It loves the Jesus in you. But greater is God on the inside of you than anything out there in that world. Why? Because you're applying the word of God to that every situation in your life. So if you're looking for a husband or a wife, it's not on the dating lines. I might be a little old-fashioned, but I don't believe in Christian mingle. I really don't. I'm kind of old-fashioned. And I believe in this that we ought not to be looking because you can get Jack the Ripper or Jill the Stripper. You could. But if you trust God, God will bring that godly mate to you. I believe that. See, I don't, I don't limit God to saying the only way I'm going to meet somebody is I got to go clubbing. How do you see yourself in God? 
you believe that God can provide everything for you? Yes, he can. And I just believe in him that he created me, that he can take care of me, and he will provide for me. If God made Eve for Adam, he can certainly provide the right man for you. Amen. In Philippians chapter 3, verse number 10, I want you to read that with me, Philippians 3, verse number 10. Look at this. It says, that I may know him and the power of what? His resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings being made conformable unto his death. Don't you want to say this, that I may know him? Who the hell are we talking about? Jesus. And the power of what? His resurrection. So what was his resurrection? What happened in that resurrection? Can I tell you what happened? He holds the keys. You have just listened to Pastor Helen Young of Grace Worship Center, a life-changing fellowship in Oklahoma City, Oklahoma. Join in with what we preach today, which was how do you see yourself in God? Stay tuned for next week. Enjoy. Be blessed and prosper. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW group. Void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.